Well, I love the season of Advent. It is just wonderful. And um, if you've ever read Stephen Covey's Seven Habits to Effective People or whatever it's called, um, one of those seven habits is that you should begin with the end in mind. And it's like the church has had this wisdom long before Stephen Covey ever came along, and that's precisely what the season of Advent does for us. As we begin a whole new church year, we begin with the end in mind, and when we know where we're going, then we know what to do. And we get a constant refresher course every year as we go through this. But the signs of the end that you just heard Jesus talk about in the gospel reading are, you know, a little bit scary, right? You've got the universe... And really, all of human society is sort of on a, a, on a cosmic meltdown. But those signs, if you listen to them, you're like, yeah, that kind of sounds like now. They're all around us. All kinds of natural disasters that we watch on the news. Our own country and many of the nations in the world are in turmoil. The building block of society, which is the family, is disintegrating. We are greatly confused about the most natural of all things, like sex or gender. We don't even know what those things are anymore. And with all of that, don't you also find, when you just talk with people, that we're, we're kind of on edge, right? We're, we're anxious and, and, and nervous and, and fearful. But what I also find fascinating is that we have a morbid fascination. We're even entertained by apocalyptic disaster movies, right? We love to watch these movies where everything gets decimated, whether it's by zombies or aliens or a meteor that destroys the earth or some great big natural disaster. We love these kind of movies. This is what entertains us. We're fascinated by it. But if you've also noticed, if you like those kind of movies, there's almost always a hero, one who at least saves a few people, who saves a little bit of hope that not all will be lost. And whether we are deeply religious people or not, it's as if everyone, all people, have sort of a certain premonition. We kind of all know how it's going to end. We know that things aren't right in this world, and it seems like everything's kind of tottering on the edge just a little bit. And eventually it's just going to tip over, right, and just crash and burn. At least that's what we fear. But what did Jesus tell us in the gospel? He had good news for us. When these signs begin to happen, stand up. Raise up your heads because your redemption is at hand. The hero is going to come on the clouds. He's going to do more than just save a handful of us from total disaster. He is going to redeem us. He's going to make all things new. He's going to restore the entire universe. He's going to raise us up from the dead. So as that cosmic meltdown begins to happen and all those apocalyptic signs that are around us, it doesn't even phase us. We know how it ends. Finally, our Savior is going to come and He's going to be vindicated. All of those doubters, all of those haters out there who said, ah, religion, no, Jesus is going to come and they will finally all see, we will all see that Jesus is Lord. And for those of us who are the faithful, we've been waiting for this. Oh, we are excited. We we, we have been anticipating this because we love him so much. We stand up and say, finally, he's here. Because we love him. 
And we were never in love with this world of ours anyway, right? Right? Or are we? See, Jesus knows how hard it is for us to stay awake and to watch and to wait. He knows how impatient we are. He knows how easily distracted we are. He knows, quite honestly, how easily seduced we are. And when the end comes, he says, despite that we've received all the warnings and all the signs that are around us, when it comes, it will surprise us. It will come like a trap. How will he find you? What's he going to catch us doing? And so what Jesus does for us, when he now warns us and instructs us, we have to always remember he's doing this because he loves us. This is all out of his love. He's not like just yelling at us or barking at us. He loves us. That's why he warns us and reminds us and instructs us. And the first thing he does for us is he teaches us what not to do. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy, or it could be translated weighed down or heavy, from carousing and drunkenness, and the anxieties of daily life. Our hearts, each and every day, are filled with anxiety, aren't they? I just mentioned the word anxiety, and some of us already start getting a little bit antsy. It's said that one in five Americans struggles with some kind of anxiety disorder. Now, whether that's you or not, I think all of us can say, well, yeah, we feel the stress We feel the anxiety and the worry of modern life. But then what we want to do is, because we don't want to deal with that, we want to escape, and we go the other way, right? Let's just party, man, yeah. And that's what Jesus talks about too. Carousing and drunkenness. The Greek word for carousing, though, would actually, I think, be better translated as the English word that we get from this Greek word, so the root from, from the Greek. And this is that word. Crapulence. Yeah, you can see why the translators did not choose that word, right? (laughs) Now, it's not exactly what your middle school mind is thinking right now, okay? Potty talk. Another translation uses the word dissipation. It's excessive drinking. It's getting wasted and doing it so often that it's like you're wasting your whole life away. Okay, so maybe it is kind of what you're thinking, right? It's kind of like your life away, right? That's what it is. You're wasting away again in Margaritaville. Wait, isn't that what we want, right? I mean, especially in a northern Indiana winter, we want to go to someplace tropical and have a nice drink in our hand and it's warm and we're eating sponge cake and boiled shrimp. Listen to that song sometime, though. Listen to it closely. At first when you listen to it, oh, it sounds all cheery and stress-free. And Jimmy Buffett, he's built an entire empire on that one song. But listen to the undertones. It's actually a sad song. It's depressing. He's lonely. He knows he's wasting away. He's wasting his life. And at the very end, he sings, it's my own darn fault. See, it always sounds good at first, but in the end, we end up wasting away totally in self-consumed, hedonistic indulgence that leaves us spiritually passed out and hung over, if not literally. 
But you know, I guess if you don't believe that Jesus is going to return, if you don't know how it all ends, and therefore you don't have a strong purpose or a sense of direction in your life, then why not waste away in Margaritaville? But if you do believe Jesus is returning, is that how you want him to find you? Or would you rather him find you growing in holiness and increasing in love? And so the second thing Jesus tells us is what we are to do, which is to pray. He says, be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. Now, how do you do that? Pray all of the time. Well, the kind of prayer that Jesus is talking about is an awareness, a constant awareness. It's like your heart has a certain radar and it's always on the lookout for him. Beep, 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 beep. And it's looking for Jesus constantly. And this is not as hard as what it sounds. Now, of course, what is hard is that we're waiting for Jesus to come again, but let's face it, he's been a bit slow, right? At least in our standards, it's been almost 2,000 years. And it's a little hard to constantly be on the lookout for him. Beep, 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 not if we realize more and more that he's all around us. He's constantly present to us. And in fact, the more that the radar is on, the more we learn how to pray the way Jesus is teaching us today, then actually the radar is sort of fine-tuned. It picks up more and more just how present Jesus is, how close he is to us, how many blessings he's pouring out in our lives day after day after day. And so then when he comes again, no big surprise. We've seen Jesus all the time. You see, if we want to grow in this kind of prayer that Jesus is talking about, vigilance, awareness, if we want to grow in a daily relationship of prayer with Jesus so that he is your constant companion every day of your life, not just when you check into church on a weekend. The first, very first thing we have to do is set fixed times of prayer. We need regular times so that it then begins to expand into the rest of our day. And this, my friends, is just one more reason why we absolutely have to have this daily or weekly rhythm of the Eucharist. Listen to the prayers in just a few moments, how it constantly talks about that Jesus is going to come again. Not just during the season of Advent. This is the way we pray week after week after week, reminding us Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. Jesus is coming again. And then this Eucharist gives us what we need while we're waiting for him. It gives us Jesus in this sacramental form. And then out of that weekly rhythm flows a daily life of prayer. I don't know what you do in your daily prayer life, but I would suggest to you that at the very least we need to have a fixed time of prayer every morning and every night. And those of you who are doing that, how wonderful, grow in that, increase in that. And those of us who aren't, I invite you to start. We need to begin every morning, my friends, afresh, just like this morning as the sun's coming up, reminding us Jesus is coming. We need to start each day asking Jesus to sort of turn on the radar so that we are constantly looking for him. 
We ask him to give us a sensitivity so that we would notice his every move. Jesus is already there. He's already moving. He's already acting. We're just asking him to help us tune in. And then to be obedient. So that we can be a part of what he's doing on this day. And that's not normally how we go about our days, right? Okay, I got to do this and I got to do that and I've got this on the agenda and blah, blah, blah. How about we start with his agenda and we tune into that and we ask to be a part of it. And then what we need to do is have that fixed time at the end of our day, in the evening at some point, when we can quiet ourselves in front of him again and thank him for all the ways that he revealed to us, himself to us on this day. And then also ask him to forgive us for the times that we missed it because we were distracted or maybe we saw it and we were just outright disobedient to what he was asking us to do. Make this your goal starting here in this Advent. And if you need a little bit of help, if you need a tool, use Martin Luther's morning prayer and his evening prayer. Those are a good start. They're in your small catechism. They're in the hymnal. If you need them, you can look them up online. You need a copy? Ask me. In fact, you know what? You want a little help? You want to have a conversation about prayer? I would love to sit and talk with you about prayer. Pastor Davis, any of us, we would love to sit and let's, you want, I want to grow in prayer. Awesome. I'd, I'd love to have that conversation. I'm trying to grow in prayer too. Let's, maybe you've got something to share with me. Because, friends, if we learn how to pray this way, then we will live this way. Always on the lookout for Jesus. And when he returns, then we don't have to worry about that apocalyptic meltdown that's going to happen. We're going to make it through. We will be strong. As he comes on the clouds, we're going to lift up our heads. We're going to stand up and say, yes, yes, he's here finally. We knew it. We know how this ends. Yes. So let's do it now. I want to give you just a few more moments in prayer. Because I'm going to guess our hearts are heavy with something. Might be worry and anxiety or might be crapulence. Either one. Maybe it's a little bit of both. But I want you to go to Jesus right now in prayer once again. In repentance. Just be honest with him. Unload your heavy heart to Jesus right now because he's right here with us. Unload your heavy heart and ask him to turn on the radar so that you can watch for him every moment of your life.